Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Medicine for Life podcast. Today we are going to piggyback on what we talked about last week. Last week we covered um, how to move more intentionally. So it was talking more about physical activity as opposed to specific exercise. So in general, physical activity is just physical movement, where exercise tends to be more structured, intentional movement that usually is sustained for a period of time that gets your heart rate up and usually makes you sweat and makes you a little short of breath and is working on your physical conditioning. And so today we're going to talk more about exercise as opposed to physical activity. Now, I think everyone needs to be doing both of these things. If you can be doing at least 60 minutes of physical activity every day, then that's amazing. The next step would be to add exercise on top of that. So people should be moving all day long, like we talked about last week, and you should find ways to fit it into your day. So making a few extra steps here, um, a few stairs there, just so that you're moving more and staying active. This would be similar to like a walking treadmill desk. That's not really exercise, but you're moving. This week, we're going to talk about exercise, and exercise is so broad and vast. Like I said, it's anything that's going to get your heart rate up, um, make you sweat a little, make you uh, increase your respiratory drive a little bit, and work on your overall physical fitness. There are multiple types of exercise, and honestly, I am okay with anyone doing anything that gets them moving in the way I just described most days of the week that they enjoy. So some people, this could be kickboxing. Other people, it might be rock climbing. Other people might be running, maybe strength training. There's a whole vast world of exercises out there, and I'm sure there are dozens I've never even heard of before. But whatever gets you moving and you enjoy, you should definitely do. So why should you do physical activity? Obviously, we hear recommendations everywhere, and we know in general that it is good for our overall health. But the numbers are quite shocking. Um, As I've told you all before, I'm studying for the Lifestyle Medicine Board exam, and in our review book, there's a section specifically devoted to physical activity, and the stats are pretty shocking. So physical inactivity is the cause of 1 in 10 premature deaths. That means 10% of people who die before they actually should, before natural death otherwise would have occurred, can be attributed to physical inactivity. That number alone is shocking. And they did a study where they looked at the physical activity level worldwide and they found that if physical inactivity decreased so more people were active 1.3 million deaths could be averted every year like oh my gosh 1.3 million deaths worldwide that is a huge number 
that is linked to something that is so simple that every person has access to, while there can be socioeconomic barriers to getting consistent and effective physical activity, most people have the capability to go walk at a brisk pace um, in a safe area. And if you don't live in a safe area, live near a place where they could hopefully get to that is safe. Um, And so it's just amazing to me that we could have such a huge impact on something so simple. And as you would expect, the risk of death decreases the more exercise you do. And so any little bit can count. So that one day where you can only fit in 20 minutes of physical activity, or I'm sorry, 20 minutes of exercise, that is still 20 minutes more than many people are doing. And it can make a difference, especially if you do that consistently. Many health conditions are linked with physical inactivity. And when you're more physically active, it can reverse the disease. My favorite example of this I learned about 15 years ago when I was in undergrad to become a dietitian, and it was a study that they looked at um, obese individuals who had type 2 diabetes, and the study did a whole bunch of interventions, but one thing that they looked at was physical activity with just walking alone, and they saw that people who walked 30 minutes every day and did not lose weight, did not change their waist circumference, literally only walked, had an improvement in their hemoglobin A1c, which is a a test that we do to measure how well their diabetes is under control. And so walking alone can reverse diabetes. That is profound. And it's so simple. Like I said, most people have access to this. There are many other medical conditions that are directly linked with uh, physical activity. And I don't know of many medical conditions, if any, that have worse outcomes when you're physically active. Obviously, there are certain heart conditions and lung conditions that will limit how vigorous your activity can be, but just simple walking can improve health for all people. They, um, I'm just going to cite one more study before I get on to the nuances of physical activity, but they did a study that looked, um, it was a study that looked at other studies. So 22 studies of 7,569,742 people found that two and a half hours of moderate intensity exercise per week. So this is when you're walking and you can keep a conversation, but you might get winded after a sentence or two, um, So 150 minutes or two and a half hours of moderate intensity exercise per week reduced mortality risk by 19%. Seven hours of exercise per week, so one hour a day, reduced mortality by 24%. That is huge. Um, And people look for pills to do a fraction of this. So the fact that there is something completely free just in your neighborhood that you can do if you make a priority is so empowering. And I hope that you'll keep that in your mind as we talk about the different types of exercise that you could be trying to do. So the next thing I wanted to go over is what is the best exercise? And here's the deal. It's whatever you're going to do. So if you hate everything except walking, then please just walk. If you only like strength training, everything else you hate, then just do strength training. But I would encourage you to have a goal of finding at least three exercises you enjoy, one from each of the following three categories. So the first is cardiovascular exercise. This would be typical running or biking. Again, there are many other things. You could do Zumba or some sort of dance. You could do swimming or rowing. There's probably a a large 
breadth of activities you could choose from, but these are activities that have sustained increased levels of heart rate, so typical cardio or endurance exercises. The second type of exercise is strength. So many people are afraid of strength training. Actually, the funniest comment I hear is that people don't want to strength train because they're going to get too bulky. And I listened to a running podcast who made, he made a great scenario to just show how silly this is. Like to think that you strength training twice a week is going to make you quote unquote bulky like a bodybuilder. So saying that is like saying, I'm not going to run because I really don't want to be that fast of a sprinter. Like that's okay. I'm pretty okay just being slow. So I'm just like not even going to try that. In order to get bulky like a bodybuilder, you need to lift obscene amounts of weight for an obscene amount of time every day. Their job is literally strength training. So you strength training twice a week is not going to bulk you up so much that you can't fit into your clothes and that you look like you are Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) If you do bulk up a little, that's a good thing because oftentimes we're not building the muscles that we need for our core strength. So for example, people who start doing squats and lunges might notice that their quads are a little bit bigger and their glutes are a little bigger and maybe their pants are tighter. Now this should be a good thing, not a bad thing, because one, you are the only one who knows the size of your pants. So you could just go buy a new pair that fit properly that you feel good in. No one has to know, I promise. Two, the fact that you're building those muscles is going to protect your back, your low back and your core so much more. Your posture is going to be improved. Your overall ability to carry out cardio exercises will be improved. And you'll just be a stronger individual who's more stable and better able to sustain daily living activities. Like let's say you need to fix something in your house and you're lifting something really heavy. By having those muscles strengthened, you're able to do proper form and prevent injury. So strength training is huge, and it's not just to get bulky. Strength training is essential for daily living, and I think every person should be strength training twice a week. You need to be building up these muscles that you need for your everyday living activities so that you don't have problems down the road. I don't know how many people I see who have low back pain and have extremely weak cores and very weak back of the body strength, and If they focus on strength training and improving their posture and their form when they're doing basic living things like lifting something heavy, they'll notice that their low back pain improves. And as a little sidebar, I can speak to this because for I did a blog post on this recently, and so you can always head over to nutritionhealthlife.com to read more about posture. But for the longest time, my posture was off, and I had no idea. No one ever told me. And whenever I would get running injuries, which is not uncommon, um, people would look at my posture but not give me some direct feedback about how bad it actually was. And I had an anterior tilted pelvis, which means your butt sticks out a little bit, and kind of uh, forward sunken shoulders. This is a pretty common posture that women develop um, over time. And then that paired with having three children, my posture was all off. And I was getting some uh, injuries with running. I saw a physical therapist who pointed out that I have literally no glute strength. So basically, I was using my quads for everything because of how my posture was. And it took about six months to fix this um, and start using the right muscles for certain activities. And it was amazing what difference there had been. And interestingly, when I thought back, 
I remember there being times after my second child was born from that point until when I saw this physical therapist that I continued to have some low back pain that I didn't understand why it was there. I thought, well, my core is pretty strong and you know, I'm, I'm pretty fit. I don't know why I'd have low back pain. Um, and I just sort of wrote it off and it would flare up now and then, but it wasn't anything overly severe. I fixed my posture and all the low back pain disappeared within a month, um, even before I had significant glute strength. So sometimes the strength training is going to help those muscles get in the position and fire when they're supposed to, to protect your whole body. So um, I cannot speak enough about how important strength training is and how the, the fear of bulking up should not be a fear that you have. The third type of exercise is mobility flexibility. So many people, um, they'll either choose large muscle strength training, which is what I prefer for strength training specifically, or they'll do more small muscle strength training. So this is the stuff that has like 20 reps instead of eight or 10. And they'll, they'll do these muscles that we use on a daily basis, but they're so small that we don't usually strengthen much. Now, many people will do these with the goal of not bulking up. It's really important that we do both because your big muscles, which we are the focus of strength training, those big muscles are going to help keep you stable. Those smaller muscles, those I consider more for mobility. They're going to make you agile. So when you're walking and your ankle rolls, the big muscles aren't going to save you from spraining your ankle. But all these little muscles are going to fire to help stabilize you and prevent you from falling. And it's really important when you think for lifetime fitness, what do you need? Well, you need some big stability muscles to protect major parts of your body and make sure your form is proper. And then you also need these little agility muscles so when something is uneven, you can quickly get back on track and prevent yourself from falling and breaking a hip. In this category, I also include uh, flexibility. So this would be yoga practices. So yoga is actually a great strength training practice if you do more advanced yoga. I have been sore for days after doing yoga um, when I've done things that are part of more advanced practice. And so... Some people think of yoga as just stretching and relaxation, and yoga really has two pieces. One is a meditative relaxation piece, and then the other is a strength training uh, mobility flexibility piece. And so I would really encourage you to try to find a balance in this category of things that you enjoy that will help you work on your balance, engaging those small muscles that you need for when you're unsteady, and then also helping loosen up tight areas of your body that might be hindering you from having proper posture. Um, A famous area that you may be aware of is the IT band, which is this big band of tissue along the side of your body that can get tight, especially if you don't do any flexibility work. To summarize, there are three main categories of exercises that I want you all to find at least one thing you enjoy from each of these. It was cardio, strength, and then mobility slash flexibility. Throughout your week, alternate between doing these different things based on what your goals are. In general, I would say cardio three days a week, strength two days a week, and mobility flexibility one day a week. Now that would be in a perfect world where you are able to exercise seven days a week. I know that not everyone can do that and not everyone wants to do that, but I do think that should be a goal and almost a gold standard when we're talking about exercise. Good athletes do all three and I know that not all of you are going to be athletes. Most of you are just everyday people, 
but I want you to think of your approach as being similar. You're not just going to do one thing all the time because you're going to miss out on some of the benefits for both fitness and health by only doing one thing. So I would really encourage you to start small. So pick three exercises, one from each category, and then this week, do one thing from each category. That's only three days of exercise. You can do it for 10 minutes if that's all you can do at the beginning. That's totally fine with a goal of increasing closer to that gold standard, which I would say would be 45 minutes of each exercise. Um, So seven days a week of exercise, just rotating through the ones that I discussed. Another option for getting started would be to, let's say you're doing cardio now, only add one extra thing in. So just add in some strength training once a week and see how that goes and slowly increase that and then add in some mobility flexibility and slowly increase that. Maybe you're just doing yoga now, add in some strength or cardio based on which you would prefer to start with. And as you get used to it and begin to make that part of a normal routine, remember we talked about last week, 21 days to make a habit. Once you get to that point of doing it and it's normal and you love it, then add in something else and keep mixing it up so that your body stays fresh and strong. So that's all I have for you all this week. I would love to hear some exercises you enjoy doing and how you stay motivated and what you're doing to stay active during this COVID pandemic because gyms are closed and many people are struggling to find motivation to stay on track. So head over to my Facebook page and leave some comments. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Take care and be well. Bye. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.